Next on BYU Sports Nation, how does the high of the Tennessee win affect what BYU could do against USC and Washington? How are we feeling about the BYU offense two games into the 2019 season? Plus, Simon Says Win, my one-on-one with one of Saturday's heroes in Knoxville. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your host, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, September 10th. Great to have you. I am Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton is still recovering from a taste of Knoxville. Chicken fingers, by the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on, man. <laughs> well, so I appreciated it. So I'm but... teamed up with a guy who didn't miss the, miss the post-game celebration, Jason Shepard. I did not miss the post-game celebration. Uh, but one person that did, it was actually quite funny. The, uh, the BYU football team posted on Instagram, and they said, hey, for those that, that may, or if you, if you missed how the game ended, here's what, and they had some highlights and what, and what do you know? Devin Kafusi answered, why, yes, I did miss it. Ejected for targeting in the second half. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yes, I did. And then BYU football said, we made this for you. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Here's what's on the show today. David Nixon, a man who played more than Antonio Brown for the Raiders, will join us uh, to discuss the win at Tennessee, the matchup with number 24 USC on ABC. Uh, a little bird told me that the Sky Cam will be there Saturday, by the way. Oh, really? Very exciting. Very exciting. Uh, are going for two picks. How did BYU's opponents fare last weekend? Who's still undefeated? Who's 0-2, right? And my one-on-one with senior receiver Micah Simon, who had a day Saturday. Yes, Seven he did. catches for 127 yards, including uh, what will be later, one of our stats of the day, uh, or the stat of the day, one of the longest catches in a while. We'll bring that up later. But first, today's headlines. BYU returns home to host number 24 USC, who's 2-0 this season. A few depth chart notes from yesterday. Zane Anderson is listed as as a co-starter at free safety, moving back from linebacker. So that means Chaz Ayu is listed as the starting flash linebacker. Head coach Kalani Sataki says there's plenty to fix before Saturday. The mistakes that we had were, were, were guys not in the right spot. And, and even with our... With our assignments and being in the right spots and the right gaps for tackling on the run game is, is something that we still need to improve on and trying to get that short up for this game. Coverage begins at 1.30 Eastern with Cougar Pregame Live with Jason Shepard on BYU Radio. You, you're doing this one, right? I, I, it? I'm doing this You're one, doing yes. this one? Yes. Ben will be doing next week because I'll be in Kansas with yeah, soccer. Awesome. Then countdown to kickoff uh, is on BYU TV at 2.30 Eastern with the game on ABC and BYU Radio. Swiss Arm, Saints Swiss Army Knife, Taysom Hill, had a key nine-yard TD catch. As, catch! Yes, absolutely. Drew Brees to Taysom Hill for nine <laughs> yards and a touchdown. As New Orleans comes from behind to beat the Houston Texans on a late 58-yard field goal, they win 30-28. to In case you were wondering, Hill also added a carry for eight yards. The man does everything. The internet exploded with Taysom Hill memes, gifts, videos. It was hilarious. Also, that's the first Monday Night Football game ever where there, there were two lead changes in the final minute. Crazy. Both times I thought, well, this is over. <laughs> right. I mean, you're just like, there's no sports. way that the other team can yes. come back from this, and then they did. I love sports. It's it gives, great. It gives us moments like that that you don't find. You should have worn your sports shirt today. You know, I didn't lose. 
We know the time for the men's basketball matchup with the with Utah State on Saturday, December 14th in the Beehive Classic. It's going to be at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. That will be game 13 of the season. After winning the BYU doTERRA Classic, women's volleyball remains ranked 13th in the latest ABCA coaches poll. And senior outside hitter McKenna Miller was named WCC Player of the Week. Over the three games, the senior totaled 36 kills, hit 321 with 13 digs, three aces, three blocks, and two assists. And the Cougars will be traveling to the Shocker Volleyball Classic, where they'll face Wichita State, third-ranked Texas, and VCU. That matchup with Texas is big time. Let's see where BYU is at with this team. Yes. Yeah, it's a rematch yes. from the Sweet 16 or was it the Elite 8? I'm trying to remember. Florida, Texas. I think it was the Elite 8 last year. Do you remember? It Something was, like that. Yes, yes. One of those. Sure. Yes. Yes. I'm disagreeing. Two, two options. Like, yes. Yes. Sure. <laughs> Moving let's, on. Let's go. Rise and shout. <laughs> it's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. After a loss to top 15 Utah, BYU went on the road, dramatically came back down 10 at half to beat Tennessee in double overtime. Greg Rubel tweeted out yesterday that's the first double-digit halftime uh, game where BYU came back and won since 02. Is that right? Yeah. Since 02? Are you kidding me? So that's big time. Uh, so how does the Tennessee game, Jason, change your outlook on the next two games for the Cougars, USC and Washington? For me, the one thing it does is it gives BYU the blueprint for success on offense. The Cougars have to run the ball, and, and it's something we knew they wanted to do, but it just, it just never materialized in the first game. And, and then as the game progressed, you started to see more and more of Tyson Williams. I, I think that's, that's what it does for me. It, it helps with the blueprint for success on offense. Give Tyson Williams the ball. Him being more productive just changes everything on that side of the ball. Certainly, it gives the team confidence, but beyond that, they, they saw what worked. Not much worked against Utah, so you were still trying to go through some things. Now you've got film as to what worked, and you didn't have that before. So I think that bodes well moving forward against Two very good teams, obviously, two ranked teams. This is, this is, that's what it does for me. On the defensive side of the ball, they made some changes. They tried some new things, moved some guys around. Overall, I, I think it worked. I think they liked the production they got on the defensive side. Look, the win at Tennessee, while not perfect, it, it did answer some questions. And I think the coaches now have a better idea of what to expect from their guys. And that's a positive thing heading into the next two games, in my mind. Yeah, I, I'm with you on uh, what BYU learned about itself. I think we learned that BYU should give Tyson Williams the ball more, more, more on that in the moment. I think the BYU defense continues to be stout. They, they got some critical third and fourth down stops. Tennessee could have won this game had they taken field goals, by the way, instead of being so aggressive on fourth down to try and uh, get the kill shot. I, I think Tennessee walks out with a six or nine point win. Instead, BYU is walking out with a dramatic double overtime victory against Tennessee. My main concern, though, is not BYU. It's the opponents. It's the fact that USC is 2-0 and looking really stinking good. Remember, we thought that this team... <laughs> Maybe down still, Clay Helton on the hot seat, 5-7 and seven last year after winning the Rose Bowl the, the year before in the Pac-12 title. I thought it was going to be the most winnable of the three. That was a discussion that we had, right? <laughs> I mean, what was the most winnable? Now USC is ranked. They deserve it. They, they beat Fresno State by eight, who won 12 games last year. Yep. They beat an always tough Stanford team, granted with its backup quarterback as well, but Keaton Slovis was the real deal, the best freshman quarterback game ever for a USC guy. 
And Washington is still ranked despite a one-point loss at home to Cal in a weird three-hour delayed game. My concern's not with BYU per se, although we will address one in a moment. Um, it's with the fact that USC and Washington are really good. And how is BYU after two games against Power 5 teams, long road trip, coming back home, day game? Hopefully BYU's got the juice, and I feel that there's energy with the program here. But there is some concern about, man, these teams are really good that BYU's playing. Topic number two, and let's, let's stay with the BYU offense. We, I was mentioning that a second ago. The BYU offense has scored 41 points total through two games. 28 of those have come in regulation. The offense did, though, seem to find its rhythm late in the fourth and then in overtime on the road at Tennessee. How do you feel about the BYU offense right now? I'm uh, encouraged by the way BYU finished. Like you said, fourth quarter and overtime were really good. BYU scored two touchdowns on short fields. That was awesome. BYU did what it needed to do on Saturday to beat Tennessee, and that is awesome. I am concerned that 28 points in regulation in two games – that won't be enough to beat USC Saturday in regulation by itself, I think. I think USC could get up to the 30s in this game, and I wouldn't be surprised, right, with the Air Raid and Graham Harrell, the new OC, and, and Keaton Slovis, like we mentioned, the, the backup quarterback who came in after JT Daniels towards ACL in the first game. 83% completion percentage leads, leads, the country. In, leads the country. Yeah, exactly. Leads the country. <laughs> I, I am concerned about the BYU offense right now. Yet, I think the BYU figured out, okay, we need to give Tyson Williams the ball more. Perhaps BYU makes that adjustment this week. We'll see. Did BYU find a, a go-to receiver? Was it a one-off or was it an extended thing with Micah Simon? Will we see more Matt Bushman? BYU offense needs to wake up. And in 2016, T- uh, Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams were on the team. It was a new offense with Ty Demmer. It took four games to, to get into the 30s. I wonder if BYU can get into the 30s in this game and make it a game because I think it will be more of a shootout. Well, there's no question in my mind that it will be a shootout. With what we've seen out of USC, they're going to score points. Can BYU score points and keep up with them? That, that's, that's the biggest question. The, the word that came to my mind in thinking about this offense is hopeful, and it really does go back to what I was talking about just a second ago. It appeared BYU found something that was working, and that was giving Tyson Williams the ball. Now, that certainly doesn't mean you're taking the ball out of the hands of Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is a weapon that you want to be able to utilize, but when you've got a running back like that, it, you just can't not give him the ball. That, that's, Zach looks great in overtime. There was no hesitation. You're handing the ball. The offense just seemed to find a rhythm and a groove late in the fourth and in that overtime that they just didn't have prior to. So, so I like that, and I'm hopeful that that can carry over. And I agree with you. The BYU offense is going to have to score more points after what we've seen from USC. BYU has to score touchdowns, though. It can't just be moving the ball. Less, less Jake Oldroyd, right? Well, but yeah, yes. More end zone. Yes. You, you've got to be able to convert these, and I know that's something that they're working on. BYU has shown they can move the ball. It's converting some of those into touchdowns, converting most of them into touchdowns. I think that's the next step. That's what we still need to see on a consistent basis is getting in the end zone. And, and I think that you know, a, lot of that, a lot of that you can, you can build off of with what you saw at the end of the Tennessee game. A few other thoughts. I think Tennessee stinks. I don't think that USC and Washington will be like Tennessee. No. So I think that's an issue. Perhaps BYU has to slow the game down against USC. Because if it's a shootout, USC is going to win that game, in my opinion. And then Zach Wilson needs to run the ball more. He didn't have a single rush that wasn't a sack, if I understand, against Tennessee. I would love to see Zach Wilson run. I, perhaps he ran a little too much against U, uh, Utah. Maybe there was discussion there about 
hey, let's hand the ball to Tyson Moore. But if it's there, Zach Wilson is the second-best runner on the team, in my opinion. You could argue maybe the best. In the open field, he's good. I would like to see a little more of that from Zach Wilson. Everything in moderation, Jerem. Says the average person. (laughs) Who doesn't go extreme in anything. (laughs) You don't want too much. You don't want too little. You just want the right amount. Well, I would like too many points. So let's go. (laughs) Topic three. Kicker slash punter. Jake Oldroyd is getting a lot of attention after two games. He came in and after 2016, the lore of the game winner against Arizona, (laughs) the green cleats. He put on weight in the offseason after his mission. He's been clutched so far this season. Had the game-time kick with one second left on Saturday. Is Jake Oldroyd getting too much attention, Jason? Are you kidding me? No. And no and no. The guy's not getting too much. The guy's been nails. He has been a weapon for BYU. He's five for five on field goals, obviously including the the big 33-yarder that sent BYU into overtime. Look, these are Oldroyd's field goals so far, all five of them. 32 yards, 37, 31, 42, and then obviously 33. Having a kicker that you can rely on changes the way coaches call games. You don't feel like – how many times with Bronco – and, and, and really kind of the first part of Kalani where the offense was was put out there on a fourth down because they just they just didn't know what they were going to get from the kicking game. And those were good offenses. True, but most times coaches will take points if that's, if that's the higher percentage. But sometimes in the past, that hasn't been the case. You roll the dice with the offense. If you have a kicker you can rely on, you don't have to make those types of calls. So I, having, having him on the field producing, and, and let's not forget the kickoffs as well. It's not, Skylar Southam's doing the kickoff. Oh, sorry. You're right. You're right. Let's not, for, let's not forget, though, what it does for this team to have a guy that when you are close – you can get points regardless. Now, I did say in the last segment, you got to get more touchdowns. But yeah, what is it? To have a weapon like that is a big, big deal. And no, we are not giving him too much attention. I agree. I was obligated to ask that question. I, I agree. We, we are giving ample and uh, appropriate attention to Jake Oldroyd. Um, 50 yards of punt, by the way, last week. Before his mission, we weren't talking about him as a punter at all. Yeah. It was Red Allman. Uh, 50 yards of punt, clutch kicks, eight of nine in his career. The only one that he missed was a 50-something yarder against UCLA where he hurt his back. Okay, that's, that's it. Um, which brings us to our question of the, of the day. Uh, what should be Jake Oldroyd's nickname? <laughs> At AC English one says, hey, hashtag BYUSN. Can we talk about Jake's nicknames? Here's his list. Jake the Make, that one's going around quite yes, a bit. Yes, Greg I, uses that I one have, on the radio I've been call. told that he doesn't like that one as much. Oh. So I think we need to come up with one, and, and that's what we're doing. Goldroid, Swoldroid, Boldroid, <laughs> Coldroid, Tenfoldroid, Bankrolled Roid, Ice Coldroid, Stone Coldroid, Strongholdroid, Undersoldroid, Manyfoldroid, Unforetoldroid. There's a lot of options there. <laughs> you don't like Way, weigh in. Now You don't like New Droid? That was mine over the weekend. No, I'll tell you after why not. <laughs> Kalani Sitake was asked this question by you yesterday at the uh, press conference, and he makes a Seinfeld reference. You remember that Seinfeld um, episode where George Costanza gets his, tries to make his own nickname up? Yeah, T-Bone. Yeah, I don't think you should ever do that. You should just kind of <laughs> let it happen. So, I don't <laughs> Yeah, so it can't come from the specialist group. It has to be something that's earned. I think he's earned a nickname, yes. and Jake the Make is the one for now, but let's go to the Voice of the Nation and see what you have to offer. 
This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. From David Doan on Twitter, <laughs> Field Gold Droid. Okay. Okay. From at Skyhawk94 on Twitter, Jake Old Faithful. What? The old. Old Faithful. The geyser. He's I, fa- he, like he, you just know you know what you're gonna get. I was just hoping the Roid would be there somewhere. I guess. Okay. okay. That's keep, where everyone's keep, going. That is, didn't is land that for me. part of it? Yeah, that's fine. Continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Hey, and anything's better than what George Costanza ultimately had his nickname because he wanted T Bone. Yeah. They called him Coco. <laughs> so I don't think I don't think Jake sometimes, Older wants to be called Coco. Sometimes it's not what you want. right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Coming up, has Micah Simon moved on or still reveling in the glory of his catch in Knoxville? Jerem Jordan goes one-on-one and finds out. And the Raiders won last night. We're going to talk to a former Raider. David Nixon in the house on BYU's win at Tennessee. And, of course, the matchup with USC. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Down Cougar football with Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and Brian Logan tonight on After Further Review, 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific, on the BYU TV app with a rebroadcast on BYU TV Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. This is BYU Sports Nation, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Last night, first week of the NFL regular season, Monday night. That means two games, so the second typically involves the Raiders. It feels like that. It was at, uh, what, the Oakland Alameda Coliseum, is that the name of it? Oakland, uh, Alameda, we aren't leaving. Oh, wait, we yeah, are we in are. one year, Coliseum. Yeah, yeah exactly. And uh, to help us discuss that and taste mail in BYU football is a former Raider, four-year NFL vet, David Nixon, who's looking dapper, getting ready for AFR. How you doing, David? Hey, feels great to be back uh, here in the studio talking football. Yeah. And I mean, it's the first time back in the studio, right, this year? It's been a minute. It's been a minute. It's, it's been, been since summertime, yeah. Let's talk about what it's like to play on the dirt. And you oh tweeted about gosh. this last Your night. Your tweet was eye-opening Raiders. last night. Honestly, it's the truth. I mean, first, I, I, I copied after Justin Forsett, who, if you saw his tweet, he mentioned, I thought it was really funny. He's like, if you want to know what it feels like to play on that dirt, run outside, run down the street, full speed, and then jump on the, on the street, the pavement, as hard as you can. That's what it feels like laying on that dirt. <laughs> and, and I chimed in. I go, that's it's true. I mean, it's literally – they. From what my understanding, the field crew comes in and they scrape off the excess dirt on the on the infield. Why? Uh, I, I'm not sure. I don't know if it's because of the, maybe it, when it gets uh, you know dew on it or wet. I don't know what it is, but I know they scrape it off so because it's not muddy. Maybe maybe that of sorts. Maybe it gets messy and, and it ruins the dirt per se. Maybe it's special dirt. I don't know, but I know it's true in the sense that it is literally just rock solid. And you and when you stand out there with your cleats, you're on ice skates, and so. When I watch guys get down three point stands to try to rush the quarterback, I, I know I remember how it is because we used to do punt returns and everything where you're trying to tee off and get off, and you don't have great footing. And then on top of that, when you start tackling on it, I mean, I still feel like I have burns from those days whenever I was landing on that. It was it was brutal. And so, uh, I mean, props to those guys. It's funny because all Raiders players they root against the A's every opportunity they get <laughs> because the sooner the A's get done with their season, the sooner they get the grass put on the infield. I don't understand like like field turf. Has come so long. Why can't you put some sort of uh, almost like a little patch of whether it's turf or something to fill that in? Jason, you obviously haven't been to the stadium. They're not investing a dime in that place. Oh, oh yeah. No, it's a dime. Like, no, it's so yeah, bad. But this no. isn't just because they're not going. It, this has always been that way. Yeah, listen, when we'd walk from our, our locker room, so our home locker room down to the field, 
no kidding, we would step over like sewer water. Oh, like by the stairs, we had to like kind of we, we kind of hop over. It, basically, it was it was absolutely Jeez. disgusting. So I ha- I don't fault the Raiders for wanting to move at all because uh, that place is a mess. <laughs> Just win, baby. <laughs> Just win because you can't have anything else. Let's talk about the Saints. Your brother-in-law Taysom Hill catches a touchdown Man. pass last night. That was pretty cool in a fun win for the Saints. Yeah, huge win for the Saints. I mean, uh, yeah, that, that was exciting. Taysom talked all offseason that. Uh, Sean Payton and Drew Brees had talked to him and said, listen, we expect you to be more involved as offense, more than he was last year. Um, and so he was prepared going into it, and uh, we chatted with him after the game, and that play was supposed to go to Michael Thomas. It was supposed to be a pick route, basically. Um, but it was funny because once Taysom cleared the, the corner, once the corner decided to go with Michael Thomas, and he had two-on-one on Thomas, you saw Taysom kind of throw his arms up in the air and be like, I'm open! <laughs> and, and if you watch it close, Michael Thomas also points, and he recognized the double coverage on him. So Michael Thomas going to the end zone, he points at Taysom for Drew. Like Drew Brees needs like, all this Throw it to him, yeah. Like, oh, should I throw it there? Oh, here? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that helps, right? Uh, <laughs> Uh, but uh, he jumped up and got the ball. And it was fun to see the celebration between Drew and Taysom afterwards uh, because you think about Taysom, most of Taysom's touchdowns are off the zone read and, or you know, tucking the ball, whatever it may be. But Taysom and Drew be, have, have become great friends to the point where they text, they go on vacations together. Um, and so I think that was a fun moment for both of them to share. Monday Night Football opening game. He kept uh, the ball too. Yeah, which that. you should, yeah. Keep yeah. that ball. Always, always yeah. keep the ball. Did you keep a ball? Uh, I didn't score a touchdown, so no. Um, you did just grab one? Yeah, just, just grab one on the way out. <laughs> Somebody else's ball. They probably aren't having them out there plenty. They probably need to keep all of them since they're saving so much money. The Patriots <laughs> are just out there for anyone to grab, right? Yeah, just <laughs> s- some are more inflated than others, yeah. <laughs> all right, let's focus on BYU football. What did you learn from the Cougars with the win at Tennessee? I tell you what, I, I love this win. I love it more than if it would have been a blowout because I think this team needed a close game like this. I think they needed a game where they had to fight, scratch, and claw and pulled out the end in the fashion they did. Um, if you look back on, on Kalani's era and, and specifically now Zach Wilson from last year to this year, they haven't been able to pull through a lot of these games in the clutch moments. Yeah, you've had the few Hail Marys and things like that, but going back to Boise State last year, we in on the two-yard line, couldn't punch it in for the game winner. And so I think something like this, a game like this, where they're able to come down and have a miracle play and then a regulation assignment and then really pound it out in overtime and kind of enforce their will on Tennessee – I think that is going to prove to be uh, huge for this team as far as a confidence uh, manner goes. Because I think up till now, when they got into tight situations, I think those the floods of memories of past years have come into into mind, and uh, they know that they've you know haven't been able to rise to the occasion. But this year, in that type of win, I mean, it, it will it will be huge for them to build on that for the weeks to come. Because when they find themselves in a similar situation, down double digits, uh, they can now say, "Listen, we just did it last week, guys. Let's go. You know, let's let's put this thing together and start rolling." So. Um, I, that's what I learned about this team. They, they've got more grit in them than, than maybe I, I, uh, I expected of them. Um, but it's fun to see now that they've, they've got that confidence and hopefully they can build upon that because there's no doubt they're going to find themselves in the same situation throughout the season. And now they can finally, you know, like I said, point back and say, been there, done that. 28 points in regulation in two games. Probably not going to cut it against USC. So do you expect BYU to take a jump and be more explosive this week against a, a better opponent in USC? Yeah, you have to. You have to You have to be more explosive. And I think this offense is still trying to figure out their way a little bit. You saw against um, Utah where Zach was scrambling a lot more. He was out of the pocket trying to create and make plays. And Tennessee, I think the coaching staff said, listen, just take care of the ball. Don't turn the ball over like you did against Utah, um, and, and we'll win this thing. Um, and that didn't really prove to be the case until late in the fourth quarter in overtime. And so they've got to find wherever that happy medium is. Can you, what, do you, what do you have to do to get, um, to get Zach out and going? I think personally from when I watch the film and, and look at Zach, I think he gets his excitement, his mojo 
from creating a little bit. Yeah, you could probably rear it back a little bit, not rush every play, obviously, um, and stay in the pocket a little longer. But they've got to find the happy medium of, of getting him out of the pocket, getting him moving, as well as making him stay in there and, and throw the ball. So I think the, the, a great recipe for Zach Wilson in this offense is exactly what New Orleans did yesterday. I think it wasn't until the end of the fourth, until the long bomb from Breeze uh, to, uh, I think it was Ted Ginn, that they, Drew Brees hadn't attempted a ball over 20 yards mm. at that point. And I think BYU needs to take that same type of uh, recipe and apply it to this team in the sense that we've seen what Micah Simon, you know, last game I think all he did was catch first downs. <laughs> but, you know, five, six, seven-yard hitch routes and try to let the big guys make moves, quick guys like Simon make moves, um, and, and, and not try to extend the ball too far down the field. But against athletic defense like USC, uh, you're not going to be able to stretch them vertically. Those guys got, have more speed than BYU. But where you can beat them is hopefully the under routes, some rub routes, some confusion, um, and, and you try to pick up guards that way. And I think you just kind of methodically work your way down the field uh, and do what, what the Saints did last night, and that is just kind of dink and doink it down the field. Over the last couple of seasons, BYU seems to have more success on the road in the, against those, te- those types of teams and in those situations than they do at home. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I, I wish I had an answer. I think they wish they had an answer because, uh, listen, there's no question. When you're on the road, there's less distractions, right? I mean, you're, you're not having to worry about school. You're done with school. You're, you're on the road, and it's you're focused on your team. Sometimes when you're at home on Friday, you're running, rushing to class to you know, do a te- take a test at a testing center or whatever it may be. Um, and then family can sometimes come into play there. Uh, but this team, you're no question. We look at the big wins. Last year, also, Wisconsin on the road. Uh, this year, now on the road. Um, and they mentioned that. I think Zach Wilson mentioned that last week as well. So for some reason, they excel on the road. But they've got to figure it out at home because yeah. at the end of the day, you've got to, you've got to protect Lavelle's house. And, and that's something they've got to take pride in and find a way to win here at home. But, um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting trend that's occurring. I don't like the trend. I, I, I like that they're winning, but I like that trend to also be here at home where they can uh, you know, go undefeated here at home. It'd be weird if BYU didn't defend home turf in the first four and their only win was on the road in yeah. Tennessee. That'd be weird, right? Um, uh, let's get your comments on uh, some depth chart news with Zane Anderson moving back to free safety. And then Chaz Ayu is the starter at flash linebacker. Yeah, Chaz played a fantastic game against Tennessee. I loved what I saw from Chaz. He did a great job, not only in coverage, uh, but also coming up and forcing the run. Zane, there's no question. I think his shoulder still bothered him, it looks like. Uh, and I think that's why they're kind of moving back there. So he doesn't have to be in the box and doesn't have to take hits and blows every play. Um, but I like what, what Chaz is doing. He's developing. I think he'll only get better and better as a linebacker, um, as he converts to that linebacker spot. Uh, but uh, I, I like moving Zane back. I mean, the good thing about Zane now is he's had work at safety. He's had work at backer, and now he's going back to safety. And so he has a pretty good feel of the entire defense as a whole. Um, he knows what, you know, where guys are going to be, and he can kind of be that field general from the back end. So um, it's, it's only positive for this BYU defense. And that's what the first couple of games are for. The coaches are sitting back looking and saying, we got to get our best 11 on the field. And obviously they looked at Chaz, and they said, he's one of our best 11, so let's get him on the field. In order to do that, we've got to move Zane back to safety and, uh, and, and make him produce there. So um, I think it's a good move. We'll, we'll see how it plays out on Saturday, obviously. If you had any questions about you, USC after week one those were certainly answered in week two oh man defeating and and just manhandling Stanford they're legit everyone's talking about their offense everybody's and as they well should everyone's talking about their true freshman quarterback Slovis he's a young quarterback even though he's not playing like a young quarterback 
What can BYU do defensively to try and disrupt him? Yeah, it's, it's all about throwing different looks at him. You've got to keep him on his heels a little bit. You've got to be able to bring, you know, we've seen the three down line that BYU likes to run with. But then we saw in that Tennessee game, BYU started to rush five guys, and they'd bring him in from the safety position, from the backer position. Um, and, and I think pre-snap alignment with a freshman quarterback and showing him a, a three-four look or showing him a blitz look um, and then bailing or then coming, you, you've, got, you've got to throw different things at him because if not, he obviously has the arm. And I think most importantly, he has the weapons. If you watch those receivers, this is by far the best receiver core BYU faced all year. Not even no close. No doubt. Yep. Um, and, and, and so with him, for, uh, as a quarterback, all you've, do, all you've got to do with those guys is just throw it up and literally they go up and catch it. Um, and he's able to do safe throws. But I think defensively, you've got to get different looks. We've seen that BYU doesn't love to pressure, and it's okay. I mean, you look through the first two weeks, BYU's defense has held their own. And, and yeah, it's not flashy. It's not the, it's not the ty- type of defense where we're getting five, six sacks a game, but it's effective and it's working. And so I, I think uh, they stick with what they're doing, but I think you just have to switch it up a little bit. Uh, and, and like I said, give them a lot of different looks. When the ball comes out as fast as it does with the air raid, why would you, why would you blitz? Like, it, it just makes sense not to against USC. So when you face teams like the air raid, defensively what you do is, is you realize you're, most likely you're not going to get home. You're not going to get to the quarterback. So this week what they'll be practicing is rushing, taking two or three steps, and look at the quarterback and finding out where he's, he's looking, where he's, where he's going. And then you settle and you try to get your hands up. And you're trying to find ways to disrupt, disrupt their passing lanes. Uh, because, yeah, it's very rare you're going to get home whenever the ball's getting out within two or three seconds. Uh, but you can't get your hands up, and, and you got a guy like Devin Kafusi, big dude, that can get up and knock balls down. So. In the second half. Yeah. He'll be out for the first half with yeah. targeting. With the targeting, that's right. right. Yeah. Uh, before we let you go, David, a little breaking news coming in. BYU Sports Nation breaking news. BYU and Boise State have announced a new 10-game series that will take place between 2025 and 2034. The first game in the series scheduled for October 25th, uh, 2025 in Boise. The series will alternate venues each year. It appears that 24 BYU and Boise State won't play. The contract currently goes through 23. Uh, Also, BYU has announced a game with Southern Utah scheduled for November 18th, 2023. So the FCS uh, opponent at Southern Utah jumps up a level. Uh, David Nixon, what's your reaction to the Boise State series continuing for the foreseeable future? That means I'll be almost 50 years old whenever they end this, <laughs> <laughs> end this contract. Uh, no, I, I love it. Listen, I, I think uh, this has definitely become a rivalry close to Utah, not as close, you know, not, not on the same level, but uh, I think it's BYU's next closest rival. Um, and, and all those games have been close as well. And I think Boise State fans love it. I think BYU fans love it. So to extend out this rivalry is the right thing to do. Um, and uh, it's exciting. I mean, BYU needs to pick off some wins, obviously, against Boise State to, to make it even more competitive. But, um, you know, you look, at the, you look at the past few years, and it's similar to Utah, where it's all usually within a one- or two-possession game. So great news. I, I think the more Tom Homo can get those kind of robberies in place uh, and then, of course, go out and, and put in other games like a Tennessee and USC's uh, makes his whole independence you know, schedule pretty intriguing. Well, we look forward to after further review tonight, 7 Eastern on the app, and then tomorrow morning as well on BYU TV. Always fun to break down wins, that's for sure. This will be, this will be a fun show for sure. Absolutely. Thanks, David. Yeah, thanks, guys. Coming up, Micah Simon describes his 64-yard catch. And more on the Boise State Series, plus uh, how did BYU's future opponents do last weekend. And I take the lead in going for two, not only against Spencer, but against Jason because he didn't have any Because I don't pick. This is BYU Sports Nation. I choose not to pick. 
Join us tonight for BYU football with Kalani Satake at 8.30 Eastern Time, 5.30 Pacific on the BYU TV app as Coach Satake discusses the win at Tennessee and then previews the matchup with the USC Trojans. You can reserve your seats on BYUcougars.com slash Satake Show. Mike Simon's the guest, and uh, we were going to air the Mike Simon interview that I uh, recorded with him yesterday. We'll air that on tomorrow's show because we have a bit of breaking news, as we mentioned a moment ago, which brings us to today's headlines. BYU and Boise State have announced a new 10-game series, a renewal, that will take place between 2025 and 2034. This becomes the latest, longest, furthest out game that BYU has on its schedule. First game in the series scheduled for October 25th, 2025. In Boise series will alternate venues each year. Also, BYU has announced a game with Southern Utah, who is upgrading to FCS status starting, I believe, next season. That is scheduled for November 18th. 2023. We'll break that down more in a moment. BYU football returning home to host number 24 USC, who is 2-0 on the season. Coverage will begin on Saturday at 1.30 Eastern time with Cougar Pregame Live on BYU Radio. With you! With me and Riley Nelson. We will be outside. You can stop by and uh, say hello out in the Cougar Canyon. Then uh, countdown to kickoff on BYU TV at 2.30 Eastern time with the game on ABC and BYU Radio. Taysom Hill caught a touchdown pass last night. Nine yards in the end zone, kept the ball fantastic for the New Orleans Saints who came from behind to beat the Houston Texans on a 58-yard field goal as time expired. 30-28, great game. Hill also had a carry for eight yards where he bowled over the defender. Yes, he did. We know the time for the men's basketball matchup with Utah State on Saturday, December 14th in the Beehive Classic. Oh, I love the fact that we're mentioning basketball stuff right now. BYU will play the Aggies at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. This will be game 13 of the season. Okay, let's discuss BYU and Boise State renewing their series for 10 more seasons. The contract currently goes through 2023. It appears they won't play in 2024, and then they'll pick it up in 2025, as I understand it. How do you feel about this series renewed? I love it. I mean, this is one of those series. Remember when they originally signed it, and it was a 12-year contract? You're like, like, 12, so 12 years? Yeah, crazy. Now we're adding to that. Well, that <laughs> first one was, what, 2012? Yes. So you're talking about, with the exception of the one-year break in 2024, in between where the old contract ends and this new one begins, you're talking about from 2012 all the way to 2034. I love it because it, it is a regional rivalry. The, these teams, so many times these teams are compared to each other anyway. Like the, the Boise State's what BYU used to be. And, you know, you hear that all the time. And I, I love it. It's, it's easy for both fans to go to the games regardless of where it is because of the close proximity. So from a fan standpoint, it's awesome. David was talking about it. We talk about it every time these teams face each other. The games are always close. Certainly, you know, I, BYU has, has fallen just shy up, up in Boise, and hopefully the, you know, some of that stuff turns around. But I, I love the fact that you're going to have a competitive game against a competitive team on that schedule moving forward for the foreseeable future oh, and well, the not foreseeable future because we can't see that far. you can't actually see the future unless you're a seer a football seer yeah <laughs> uh, i love it i love the series i've said that of all the series that byu plays obviously playing utah is the one i want the most but i love this because it's a game byu can win in any given year boise state is a better program than byu but these two are very similar in identity and and as you mentioned, in, in time shift, Boise State is doing what BYU yeah. did, yeah. right? And these teams are almost connected in the same conference in the Big East. 
but uh, BYU uh, and its and its piece of work lawyer, according to the Big East, right? It didn't work out. BYU wanted certain things that the Big East wasn't willing to see. Blah blah blah. These teams, these teams were almost in the same league. In fact, Boise State had to pay to get out of the league. And like you said, in Boise, this has been a fun game. In 04, it was decided by one. In 2012, it was decided by one. In 2014, BYU loses by 25. That's after Taysom Hill gets hurt, and that's a Fiesta Bowl champ Boise State team. They were awesome. Uh, then in 2016, it's decided by one. And then last year, it's decided by five with BYU eating it uh, at the two-yard line uh, to lose that game. So this has been a fun game. I love this series. It is a rivalry. BYU has a sign on the wall in its team room that says beat rivals. And it has Utah, Utah state and Boise state. This is a defined uh, rival for BYU football. And I love it. I love that. This is every year. It's always going to be on ESPN. It's always going to be of national interest. This is one of the best games that BYU could, could uh, schedule. Well, and you're not getting these types of schedules, meaning the long-term schedules. If you don't have a good relationship between both athletic departments. And so I like the fact that there's the relationship between the two. And who knows what that could lead to. You mentioned that the two are kind of talking a little bit and maybe going to, to the same conference at Big East. Who knows what may happen in the future? Having that relationship, maybe you approach somebody as, as a two-team deal. You know what I mean? Right. Like you, you get two teams in the, in the mountain time zone out at West, and that's what you bring together because you have that relationship. I mean, I'm, I'm just – Obviously, I'm not saying that there's anything to that. I'm just saying that you that's... You wish, though. I, I wish. We all wish. We all wish. But you have a good relationship with them. You say, hey, BYU and Boise State, what do you think about that in terms of P5 inclusion? Yeah, and there's obviously tons of members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Absolutely. in the Boise area. Obviously, uh, you know, Tanner Mangum connection, a guy from Boise came to BYU. And uh, yeah, it's it's a fun game. It's within six hours, right? Major college football, Boise State in the top 25 a lot. Uh, 2-0 and right now, by the way, after beating Marshall. We'll get to that coming up in the next segment. In fact, what's coming up in the next segment, Jason? Uh, coming up in the next segment, um, well, not next segment, but in a few segments, we're going to get to our rise and shouts, rise and shout outs with a bonus rise and shout out, which you are not going to want to miss. And Micah Simon, we'll get to that tomorrow and our going for two picks. I take the lead. It's by one or two over Spencer. We'll tell you this is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We are giving away a BYU helmet signed by head coach Kalani Satake Saturday on Countdown to Kickoff. In fact, this is the helmet. I have been told specifically not to touch it, mostly because they know that I want to steal it. It is well, awesome. You can touch and it. And I want, I want it very, very badly. Visit the BYU TV Sports, BYU uh, Sports Nation, or BYU TV Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages and follow the instructions on the post for your chance to win that very helmet. And obviously, I'm I'm pointing at it for those on BYU TV. We'll have uh, Kalani Sataki sign it tonight. And then, uh, we'll and then give, give it, it to me. Thank and you. And then we'll give it to one of you, not named Jason. <laughs> Let's get to our going for two picks. Can you predict the future? Yep. These guys think they can. We're going for two on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, we make two picks for each football game. Uh, if you get them right, you get a point for each one. So let's uh, recap what Spencer did, Jason. Yes, uh, Spencer's first pick. BYU will score first. Tennessee scores the touchdown with 4.53 left in the first quarter. Did not get a point there. 
His I award you no points. I award, yeah, exactly. Pick number two for Spencer. Two or more sacks for the BYU defense. <clears throat> Only one sack by Chaz Ayu. Okay. Your uh, new flash linebacker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, operative word of being flash. That dude's fast, man. Yes, he is. Uh, my two picks. Pick one. BYU will turn it over no more than one time. They didn't turn it over. When you don't turn it over, you have a chance to win. <laughs> Pick two. Tyson Williams will carry the ball 16-plus times. Nailed it. But it took overtime to get there. His career high was 15 previously. He got to 16-plus, and thank goodness for OT. It's such a cop-out, though, your 16-plus thing. Why? Because it's just your go-to. You put no thought in that. I put complete thought into that. I looked up his previous career high, and I said he will set a new career high. What do you mean, no thought? You're always 16 plus. No, it's 17. 17 plus. plus. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. I, would, I would like you to put some thought into that. But I don't pick because. My number is 17. <laughs> it's not 16. It should be 16 in honor right. of Blaine Fowler. Yeah, I, I do love Blaine. Right. <laughs> really? So, so updated scoreboard, David Nixon. Thank you. Is that live, David Nixon? We know he's in the building. He could be just right outside the door right Maybe. now. He still, he probably hasn't left. Now testify. Exactly. Uh, I'm up 3-1. So uh, an early lead for me in going for two. And uh, let's uh, get you updated on how all the BYU opponents last weekend fared. We call it Tracking Cougar Opponents, presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Kick us off, Jason. Yeah, first team we're looking at, Utah, moving to 2-0 and on the season with a 35-17 win over Northern Illinois in their home opener in Salt Lake City. The Utes climb three spots in the polls to 11. They get a gimme dub as they host Idaho State on Saturday. Which also tells you about Idaho State later, but we'll get to them. Tennessee will look to avoid an 0-3 start. They host Chattanooga Saturday. Who knows what's going to happen? When those two teams get together, yeah, you, you, throw out you, throw out, you throw out the records. Hey, how about this? USC moved to 2-0 on the season and debuted in the top 25 at number 24 after taking down Stanford 45-20. to Here's some interesting news that happened yesterday afternoon. Yep. Despite the hot start, the 2-0 start, A.D. Lynn Swan, the Hall of Famer, resigned yesterday as the Trojans uh, prepare to travel to Provo this week. Will that be any kind Weird of Weird timing for that, by the way. I know. I Very thought, strange timing. I thought it was odd, yeah. Washington lost 20-19 to and weather-delayed thriller to Cal. The Huskies fell 10 spots in the polls but stay in at number 23. Uh, Washington hosts 2-0 Hawaii, who already has two wins against Pac-12 competition in Arizona and Oregon State. Toledo remains 0-1 as they uh, enjoyed a bye Week Did this they enjoy week. it? I, well, I think you can. You're supposed to. They lost, you're told, so I'm not sure they enjoy it. You're told it. to enjoy it because it's a bye week. They, uh, they host Murray State, a guy named Murray State this mm-hmm. week. Hey, John Moran, man. Come on. USF 0-2 after losing 14-10 to Georgia Tech. South Carolina State next up for the Bulls. Remember, uh, South Florida started the season 7-0, lost the last six, all to teams that were bowl eligible. So when they play someone that's even decent, they lose. Yes. So they've lost eight in a row. <laughs> Boise State, who we were just talking about, Boise State and BYU signing a, a 10-year uh, football series extension between 25. It should be until the rapture happens, they yes. should play every year. That's again, what I say. Again, I'm, yeah. I just get comfort every time BYU schedules something further and further away. <laughs> get comfort. <laughs> <laughs> a blanket. I gain, I gain comfort. Boise State, while, while they did not light up the scoreboard, they did improve to 2-0 and with a 14-7 win over Marshall. FCS Portland State is next up for the 22nd-ranked Broncos. Uh, BYU is probably going to host three ranked opponents in a row at home, by the way. How about that? USC, what a Washington, great opportunity. State. Uh, win at least one of them. Let's go. All three. If, if not two. Whew. 
That would be awesome. Utah State beat up FCS foe Stony Brook, 62-7, 717 yards of total offense. The Aggies have a bye week this year. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Coach Hugh Freeze graduated from a hospital bed to a dentist chair. What? Uh, I don't know. But Liberty still fell to Louisiana Lafayette, 35-14. Liberty now 0-2. They prepare to host Buffalo. Idaho State plays Utah, as mentioned. They did beat Western Colorado in the season opener, 38-13. And UMass joining the ranks of uh, the 0-2 as they fall 45-20 to Southern Illinois. The Minutemen travel to Charlotte this week. And last but not least, San Diego State 2-0 after beating UCLA 23-14 at New Mexico State this week. Coming up, the 1984 BYU football team making the top 150, but barely. And BYU renews the Boise State Series. As mentioned, more details on that coming up after the break. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Thanks to today's guests, David Nixon and Micah Simon. Earlier I mentioned Southern Utah and the upgrade to FCS. They've been FCS forever. I was thinking of Dixie, who is going up. Paul Peterson, brother of Charlie Peterson, former BYU quarterback, is the head guy, so apologies to SEU. Show on demand via podcast and the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. I like it. BYU and Boise State have announced a new 10-game series that will take place between 2025 and 2034. The first game in the series is scheduled for October 25th, 2025 in Boise. The series will alternate venues each year after. Also, BYU has announced a game with Southern Utah that is scheduled for November 18th, 2023. And ESPN ranked the 150 greatest college football single uh, season teams of all time. BYU National Championship team of 84 comes in ranked 146th on the list. Cougars in the NFL. Taysom Hill had a nine-yard touchdown catch from Drew Brees as the New Orleans Saints come from behind to beat the Houston Texans on a last-second 58-yard field goal. Final score in Nolens, 30-28. Hill also carried the ball for eight yards. Basketball. We know the time for Utah State and BYU on Saturday, December 14th. Tip-off will be in the Beehive Classic at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. That will be game 13 of the year. Volleyball. BYU remaining number 13 in the latest ABCA coaches poll. And senior outside hitter McKenna Miller named the WCC Player of the Week after hitting 321 with 36 kills and three matches. Soccer. BYU remains 10th in the latest United Soccer Coaches poll. The Cougars 4-0 host now 12th ranked, moving up a spot, Texas A&M on Thursday on BYU TV, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. Huge game for the ladies' uh, non-conference resume going into uh, these selections. Rise and shout-outs, time now for that. Uh, mine goes to BYU Basketball, who held an autism camp, uh, parted with, uh, partnered with Lift Love Serve to put on a clinic for those with autism. This is really cool. Um, Utah Jazz player uh, Joe Ingles has a, a kid with autism, and he said, uh, really appreciated this. BYU reaching out and doing some great work in the community. Very cool event from BYU Basketball. Uh, my rise and shout-out, I'm not a Boston Red Sox fan, 
But I'm going to give it to, to Big Poppy. A great moment yesterday. He goes out and throws out the first pitch after a after a botched assassination attempt on him a couple of months ago. They weren't even really scary. It really scary and had some issues in the hospital afterwards. He's doing a lot better. Was able to throw out the first pitch at Fenway yesterday. Really great story and uh, and really cool to see. Yeah, that's awesome. And a special uh, special guest rise and shout out from the Knoxville Police Department Facebook account. They posted the following. Even though we would have liked to see the Volunteers win on Saturday, we were delighted to meet so many polite and supportive BYU fans. Thanks for your support, BYU. Keeping all football fans safe in Knoxville is our pleasure. Below is a quote from Captain Jeff Stiles, a 28-year KPD veteran. Something happened last night that hasn't happened in many years I've been working UT football games. When we finally got the all-clear from command and were dismissed from our field duty, we exited Gate 7, where the visiting team's players exit. And as we're approaching the enormous group of BYU fans that have packed outside the gate, they make a path and begin cheering for us. I must have given 100 high fives and heard thank you for your service dozens of times. It was honestly a little odd at first. Well, that's what we are, a little odd at first. That's not the treatment that my brothers and sisters get very often these days, but as much as I expected some foul comment about cops, nothing ever came. Just cheers, smiles, and gratitude. Thank you, BYU football. I wasn't necessarily a fan last night, but will be from now on. Very, very cool. An awesome story, and it's great to hear these stories start to trickle out after the game because there's been a couple of other uh, stories that have come out that are, are similar to this where people had interaction with BYU fans, and it was a positive experience, and it's not what they expected. And that is that is the reputation that BYU has and that BYU wants. That you hope. That, yes. yes. That you aren't throwing shoes, but that you're <laughs> but, helping. But th- these are the things beyond what happens on the field. Those are the types of things people will remember far longer than what happened on the field. Yeah. Those, those types done. of moments are great. Nicely done. Our question of the day, what should Jake Oldroyd's nickname be? From at <laughs> It's a Faux Hammer on Twitter. Jake the Battle Droid or just the Droid? From Michael Christensen on Twitter, Royd Rage. <laughs> From the name is B underscore Rad on Twitter. Bolt Royd because his leg has been empowered with the powers of Zeus. <laughs> From Jake Kemp on Twitter. Jake, as the prophets foretold Royd. Okay, that's not bad. A little <laughs> long, but not a, bad. That's a BYU TV nickname for sure. <laughs> the Elite Voice of the Day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort goes to Jennifer.Ward. Dot Oldroyd. This is Jake's mom on oh. Instagram. Jake told us he likes Goldroyd. Well, there oh, it is. There it is. But Kalani said you cannot self-proclaim. You can't. It's his mom. It's not him. He can't. He no, can't I'm like fine it with or it. Not? I'm fine with it. No, I'm fine with Goldroyd. And I'm just so saying his teammates may not be if you can't self-proclaim. He didn't. It was his mom. All right. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. The conversation continues 24-7. As mentioned, sorry to Dennis Bennett. No time. Hello, Jerem. Hello. For Jason, I'm Jerem. <laughs> Shout out to Chris Hale. We'll see you tonight for After Further Review at 7 Eastern and the Satake Show at 8.30 Eastern, both on the app. Go Cougs. Goldroid. Goldroid's the nickname, man.